Healthy Workplaces, a podcast brought to you by Total Wellness. Thank you again for joining us for another inspiring Healthy Workplaces podcast. Today, our special guest is Dr. Kim, Medical Director of American Express, and also joining us again is Dr. Joanne Schaefer. Uh, thanks for joining us. I, I do know a little bit about American Express. Love to hear from your guys' perspectives. So, Dr. Kim, if you want to introduce yourself, um, you know, get to know you a little personally and what you're doing every day for American Express employees and anything else you want to talk about would be great. Sure. Thank you. So, uh, thank you for the invitation and I uh, appreciate to be a part of this. And uh, so my name is Richard Kim. I am the chief medical officer for American Express and I've been with the company for a whole six months, which feels like six years. Um, but we have, <laughs> I, I, prior to joining American Express, um, I was the associate medical director at Goldman Sachs. And then before that I was the medical, global medical director for the Coca-Cola company in Atlanta, Georgia. So, um, I, what I do for the company, uh, so I, I essentially oversee in my, the overall health and well-being of the entire workforce for American Express, um, and I can't say more how 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 much focus there has been on on the health and well-being of our of our colleagues around the world during this COVID epidemic or pandemic, I should say. And um, so I'm involved every from every single aspect of uh, how do we keep our employees healthy. Uh, how do we ensure when we return to the office that we're going to do the proper protocols um, to, you know, keeping people out of the office if they're sick, making sure that they get the appropriate health care, um, ensuring that our health plans around the world are appropriate and covering, you know, the cost of care for COVID if we can, um, and some stuff like that. So um, I, 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 there's so much I, I probably touch that I, this is probably not doing us justice, but um I guess from a high level, that's how I would probably phrase it. So you, you literally, uh, Dr. Kim moved across the street from Goldman. Is that where your yeah. previous office was? <laughs> well, the, more technically across the, the Hudson. My uh, my office was in Jersey City. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but I would go back and forth between the, the building in, in, in the lower Manhattan and then Jersey City. So, um, yeah, tell me about, so you got a lot of mental wellness, uh, which a lot of companies are focusing on mental wellness, is that kind of the, the main focus right now? And what other areas are you focusing on for your employees to help them uh, with their health and wellness issues right now? Um, so what I can speak to is, you know, historically American Express uh, has always focused on kind of the total well-being of an employee uh, and our colleagues. It's not necessarily just mental health or our programs called Healthy Minds, but rather the entire combination of physical and mental well-being. And so um, during this crisis, I guess you could say with COVID, we, we transitioned very quickly to work from home over a matter of two weeks um, and have done it very successfully. And so we have also pivoted a lot of those resources and programs to be virtual. Um, and examples are, you know, we have virtual exercise classes offered several times a week, um, as well as um, meditation classes and some unique offerings around mental health to try to give people um, a place and a space to to express their emotions, to share their emotions, uh, and to connect with uh, our counselors so that they can get the appropriate care that they need and process their emotions and feelings. 
Yeah, I, I talked to Jen, who's a friend of mine um, in the wellness area, and she said that uh, those uh, those online uh, fitness classes and things have been going very uh, very popular. Probably more people are using that maybe than they would if they were physically in the office. It sounds like that's exactly right, and I think we recognize early on that this new normal brings its own unique set of opportunities and um, what. Well, you know, when health and wellness has become the center and forth, you know, the focus of of all that we are doing, uh, to take advantage of that, and let's give people access to to events such as that to to give them an outlet because um, you know we're all home. Uh, most of us are home around the world, and we need to find a way to to live this new normal. And this is just one aspect to do that. So, was there any uh, major differences in your population hubs? Uh, as far as issues that the employees were dealing with or needed uh, resources, uh, I, let's say like Phoenix, uh, I think Salt Lake City is a big location, and obviously New York, New Jersey area. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, every single site in the United States has a slightly different culture and feel, um, but the vast majority of, of our colleagues in the United States ha- has transitioned successfully to home. Um, what does that look like? It's essentially, you know, we've given people laptops uh, to basically do their job at home. Now, now we recognize not everyone has a perfect home environment. Not everyone has internet. Not everyone has a comfortable desk or uh, even a, a space or an office by which they can operate in. And so we are doing our best to try to support those employees to give them uh, this new normal um, as close as possible to the office feel. And so right now your tentative plans are pretty, or are they pretty rock solid that you guys are not going to be most likely in the office in any sort of uh, numbers until next year? Um, I wouldn't say rock solid. I, I, I probably wouldn't use that phrase. What, what, what we, we are planning a return to office, uh, I want to say program, but that we do have plans in place and we are engaging uh, each of our offices around the world. And as you probably understand, you know, the, this COVID pandemic is different location by location and not every single spot around the world is feeling the, the same level of of fear or infectivity uh, and cases and deaths that, or hospitalizations that we're seeing here in the United States. And so uh, we are working with different offices to to create a safe plan um, that's heavily focused and prioritizing the health and safety of the of our colleagues. So when they come back, um, and if they come back, it's going to be a safe place and where people can feel comfortable. Um, and so, but what our chairman has said is, you know, at least from now to the end of the year, if you are not comfortable coming back into the office for whatever reason, uh, you don't, you can go ahead and plan to work from home for the remainder of the year. And I think that has given so many of our colleagues this permission uh, to, to work from home. And I think that is something that has been really unique in the industry. That's really, that's really admirable. Um, you know, as a card carrying member, I'm really happy to support a business that's treating their employees so well. Um, that's really, um, just amazing to hear. So when you, I'm interested in how you're getting the information globally in order to assess the information in order to make those safety uh, decisions uh, to know when you can open an office back and start thinking about bringing those employees back safely. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not alone. Um, 
there's a, a very massive team of very smart, skilled people who work I work with, uh, and we've created what we're calling a, a project management office for the return to office structure plan um, that we meet frequently throughout the week. Um, we started this probably in around January, and this has transitioned and grown, and we have several team members who are keeping their eyes and their fingers on the, in the cases around the world and all the locations that we're in, uh, keeping track of all the, um, the media, the news, and so forth. And I'm trying to keep track of the science uh, and the medicine and, and the testing capabilities. But uh, we have a very massive team, a very smart, effective team, I like to say. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, really proud of it, to be honest, because we these are people who, this is not their job, right? We pull them into this to, to help us because we recognize early on the need to be prepared, to, to be monitoring the situation around the world. And uh, these are individuals from various functions of the company have come together to, to do a new job. And uh, I, I've been really impressed. You know, I've only been with this company for six months, and um, I, I can't say I, I feel so proud that I made the right choice to be part of this organization because of how they treat our colleagues and what they do and putting their, our colleagues in the front and center and knowing that their health and safety is, is, is cared for is very reassuring for me. That's great to hear. Just so you know, by way of background, I, I was the chief medical officer for the state of Nebraska. So I, I come with this from a public health background. And so I'm, I'm assuming, you know, as you're taking this as a public health approach, almost from looking at guidelines and trying to assess the situation in each place and figure out your testing strategy and your mitigation strategy for each office. I just can't imagine the complexity as you're dealing with this across the, grow, the globe. So uh, kudos to you. That's got to be in incredibly time-consuming and fraught with just many different decision points. No, no thank you. And like I said, I, I'm not alone. And uh, a lot of credit goes to this big team um, and um, this PMO team that I work with. And we, we work. Uh, I mean, every I can't. It's, it's I, I can't give it enough praise. Because these are again, these are not people who are in public health, and uh, we've worked with them. And we, you know, I, taught, I taught them contact tracing. You know, we taught them like, well, how do we think about all of these different curves and effectivity? What are the metrics? And uh, we had to just literally build it and start it from scratch. And you know, there isn't a playbook for this type of pandemic, as you know. Um, and so we had to build it from the ground up. And um, I, I, again, I'm really proud of this team and. We, I think we've really come together quite nicely to to work effectively and quickly and make decisions and to until and to figure out like what do we know what we don't know and let's find out what we don't know and there's a lot of things that we don't know we're trying to talk to other companies we benchmark uh, ourselves you know I'm connected to the the medical directors or chief medical officers and other companies who we speak to I speak to on a weekly basis um, and it's it's a it's a small group and but what's unique is that you know we're very frank with each other we. We, we express our feelings, our emotions, our frustrations, but at the same time, we're learning from each other and understanding the things that are coming out on a daily, if not weekly basis. And it's ever-evolving. So, you know, I'm not alone, and I can't get, take credit for that. Yeah, no, that, that's well heard That's um, and well said. It's exactly the consistency of what we've heard across these, these calls. Yeah, it's great to hear all that, all the things you, you you guys are doing, Dr. Kim, and um, ha- having a great team behind you always helps. Uh, can you get any any specifics on uh, you know besides the you know doing things in the office, keeping people socially distanced if they return, and cleanliness, and 
various procedures within the office. Is there any kind of strategies around uh, testing that you guys are thinking about, whether people are home or at the office, um, the availability of testing, the type of testing? Are you also thinking about uh, how to encourage people to get vaccinated for flu this fall and if that's a priority or not? And what are the things you're, you guys are doing around those two those two areas would be good to kind of pick your brain. Okay. Um, well, I think I heard three questions. So I'll, I'll address okay. the first first one. Let's talk about what the world will look like for our offices when we return. Um, and what we've been very clear on, and I've been working very closely with our facilities team uh, and our security team and and so forth, with which is who's part of this return to office PMO, um, is we, we've been communicating to our colleagues is that the office will be different and this new normal uh, will feel different and not and not to expect that you're going to go back to the life and the world and the office that we left. And we're going back into a world that is going to be hyper-focused on the health and safety of our colleagues as they return because we recognize that people may be in various stages of acceptance and fear and stress around this, around this virus and we want people to feel safe when they come back into the office, if they come back into the office, right, and when they do. And so what we've been communicating to our colleagues is, one, is that imagine going back to the office to work virtually. We are all right now working from home virtually. We're joining WebExes. We're meeting through through our computers. Um, we're, we are at home. That is going to likely be the mantra and the theme of what the office is going to feel like. It's not going to be where you're going to go back and you're going to sit next to your, your colleagues and you're going to go into meeting rooms. Meeting rooms will be closed. Conference rooms will be closed. We're going to be putting you know, X's on chairs where making sure that people are, are, when they sit down, are at least six feet in distance from each other. Uh, we're going to be requiring facial cloth, facial coverings in the office. Um, so when, because it's sometimes difficult to maintain that social distancing. And so we're requiring people to wear it throughout the building, but they can take them off when they're sitting at their desk. Um, you know, we, we've, changed our, our HVAC system, right, to bring in more fresh air, external fresh air outside, uh, and to improve our air, filtra- air filtration system. We've enhanced our cleaning protocols, too, to ensure that every single night, whenever someone goes home, and when they come back, they know that that desk is clean. But at the same time, we, we also want to recognize is that we're actually assigning seats. And we, we used to live in an office space that was we called Blue Works, where people kind of had, they can pick and choose where they wanted to kind of sit within a certain town or section on the floor now when we return you know we're going to have assigned seats we're limiting our capacity of our offices uh to a certain percentage at each phase to ensure that we maintain that physical distancing you know our elevator capacities will be limited as well and so as you can imagine as i'm drawing kind of speaking these words you can imagine this workplace this office isn't like what we were left and it's really going to be focused on you know, working virtually from the office, or we like to also sometimes say an alternative workplace in the office. Um, so that's what we think the office will look like. Now, this, your second question regarding testing. You know, I'm looking at the testing every single every single day, if not week, and trying to understand what makes the most sense. Um, we have not decided that there is a good strategy for us to go forward on on this just yet, but we will continue to look at this. Uh, and I think, you know, Dr. Schaefer, you can probably corroborate with me. It's like there, because of the FDA and the relaxation of the guidance and oversight of these tests, every single there's so many companies that have come out of the woodwork to to create these and they're trying to sell them and create them put as part of an RTO package to come back into the office. But 
what's what's lacking is the reliability and the and the accuracy of these tests at this point in time. Um, yep. And so I'm not really that confident just yet to say here's a test that we can use and give people that confidence. But what I will say is that our health plans we've already pivoted our health plans to and as part of the ACA and the new regulations from the IRS is to cover all costs for COVID related testing and care. And so our health plans have pivoted to ensure that in the U.S. that anyone who gets or needs COVID related care, that will be covered from the first dollar. And that's something that people in the U.S., our colleagues in the U.S. should not have to worry about. Uh, and so we, what I've been advising people on a one-on-one -on -one basis is to say, you know, if you need to get testing, go find your doctor, talk to your personal doctor and find that testing center because it will be covered and you don't need to worry about that. But as a part of a return to office plan, it is not something that we've officially said this is what we want to do from a strategy. Now, your third topic you mentioned is the flu vaccine. You know, Dr. Schaefer and I probably would both agree, you know, everyone is very focused on this second wave that could be coming, um, you know, with the relaxation of, of restrictions, more movement in, in our country that we're seeing, um, there could be another wave of infectivity. And then you think about what's going to happen in the fall when flu season comes back around. We, I am naturally very concerned about this, and I want to ensure that we are going to be best positioned not to confuse influenza with COVID. And this, as you, we all know, as Dr. Schaefer, we can probably attest to, the symptoms can mimic each other. They, can, they look a lot alike. And as we move into that new season, flu vaccination is going to be important, if not vital, uh, to ensure that people get it. So when they were to get sick, at least we have a sense that there's a lower chance that this is influenza. Um, as we all know, influenza is not a perfect vaccine, but at least it will, it could, it will help the situation. Uh, but I'm also hoping that our measures of, you know, social distancing and facial coverings and, again, all the message around hand hygiene, we're really trying to enforce it and really trying to enforce telling people, if you're sick, don't come into the office. Uh, and again, which is why we're saying, you know, if you're not comfortable coming in, don't come in. But we're really trying to make this workplace as safe as possible. So if there are outbreaks of influenza or COVID on the road, my hope is that we're going to be minimally impacted. Uh, so back to influenza a little bit as a one more follow-up question. How, how do you uh, think you can pr uh, promote flu shots better so there's more people that are interested or in, probably provide any incentive to maybe get the shot that those people that wouldn't, you know, you only get 25, 35% that will even consider getting it usually each year. Yeah. Um, you know, my objective is to communicate it and, and to aggressively communicate it um, to let them know that this is something that we should not be ignoring. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, the value proposition will always have to be with that individual. And we, I will continue to do everything in my power to make sure that it is a priority and a message that's clear that I am a strong advocate for, for the flu vaccine. And I would strongly recommend that they get it done. But, um, you know, ultimately, it's the individual's right to deny it or refuse it. So, but I hope, right. hope people will heed my advice. Yeah, generally, I, my feedback from a lot of people that I'm speaking to is that everybody's expecting it. You're across the street, Goldman, the, the premise health. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you know Sylvia that works over there? At premise? Yes, Sylvia? I do. Oh, she's a friend of mine, too, uh, for 20 years, maybe. And, uh, you know, she she's anticipating in you know, our 10 to 25 percent 
uh, increase in the number of people that want shots this year. But she doesn't know how many people are actually giving me in the office. So how are they going to deliver those is kind of the big issue. So, yeah, no, that, and that's exactly right. And I think, you know, we have a two general two pronged approach. One is on site, right. And right. come into the clinic, we, we will give you your vaccine. We will set it up in a manner that's safe for you to come into our clinics and get that done. But two, um, it, it's already offered through a health plan. And so if you, right. if you're enrolled in our health insurance plan, you can go to your doctor, you can go to a local pharmacy and get that done at your own convenience in right. a place that you feel safe. Right. Right. Yep. Those are a lot of different ways. You just got to get people to utilize what's there. So, And your messaging well, uh, on it is spot on. It's absolutely spot on. We need to be really good and hardcore about the flu vaccine this year because it'll be really important. I, I agree. You know, and, and I think in some ways, uh, you know, there's a blessing in disguise here with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I think I have people's attention now. And um, yes. I, I will be sure to, to make, to ensure that they hear that, this is one way to help prevent the spread of not only influenza, but COVID because you don't want to think you have influenza or COVID. Then you're going to the doctor and you, you get COVID from someone else because you had influenza. Um, yeah. And these viruses can co-mingle with each other. Um, and so we have to be very careful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that just goes, I, I, one side comment. I've, I, my, my employees that have young kids, obviously they've been out of daycare for at least three months now. Uh, the one benefit has been that they don't have this revolving door of, colds and different things going through their family so there's kind of a nice reprieve from that so maybe we're going to learn a little bit about you know how to keep our families healthier no matter what with all of this that that may be the long-term benefit so. i'll throw one more in there i i'm interested in what's happening in hospitals with all the increased uh hand washing that's been occurring throughout hospitals and um are we going to see a decrease in hospital acquired infections just from that standpoint, just from what happens within there, you know, there's just, there's so much to be gained from our intensification of what it means to have really good hand hygiene throughout. Uh, You know, I agree. And I would echo and perhaps add to that. like, you know, if, as we reopen and we maintain physical distancing and there are more places of facial covering requirements, on top of the hand hygiene, uh, could there be a blunting of influenza in the winter? Um, I yeah. think a lot of it depends on us. Um, and so yeah. well, let's wait and see what, find, what happens. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything, Dr. Kim, you, that we didn't touch upon that you would really like to mention about anything? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. Um, I, you've asked a lot of really great questions, and hopefully, you know, we, we've touched on. A, enough of the key points to give you a, a good sample of what we're doing for American, our American express colleagues. Um, oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like if anything I can just reiterate is that, you know, again, I'm new to this company and I, I can't be more proud of this organization from our CEO and our chairman on down to, to our, our, our colleagues around the world. Um, they have all been such amazing people and the leadership is here and uh, is just so strong Uh, and to have people and colleagues all around the world willing to be a part of the solution, right. And work from home and find ways to make it work. Uh, We mobilize so quickly to get people home and, you know, it doesn't happen with just a few people and the entire organization mobilized. And I think uh, it's, it's a resounding um, positive sentiment in this organization that we could do something like as huge as this to get people home and safe uh, in such a short period of time. So, um, yeah, definitely. 
Uh, how many, uh, just as a summary, how many employees uh, does American Express currently have that are working remotely, which is almost all of them, but uh, how many employees? Are yeah, so we have about 65,000 employees globally. Um, okay. And I want to say nearly virtually all of them are working virtu- uh, at home. Okay. Wow. So that's impressive. That's, that's a lot of employees to move home in two weeks. So. It is. And like I said, that's why I'm just so proud of this organization and how quickly they mobilize. It's, it's been extremely impressive. Thanks, Dr. Kim and Dr. Schaefer for joining us for this great podcast and to learn about all the things that American Express is doing for their employees during uh, COVID-19.